Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everyone. And welcome back to another edition of the show. It is episode 353. We're on December 5th, 2022. And uh, we're coming off a big weekend. College wrestling is in the swing of things. Um, we were out at the CKLV um, at that tournament. And, and one of the teams out there was Cornell. So I want to bring on head coach from Cornell, Mike Gray. Mike, how you doing today? Me on, bud. Yeah, Appreciate you it. man. That's good to have you. Um, so I guess I, I want to talk about CKLV. But, but first, I just want to talk about like, you know, it's your second year as a head coach. I'm just wondering, you know, I know you've been around Rob and the program forever, but until you're in the driver's seat and, you know, the steering wheel's in your hand, you probably, there's things that you didn't see or, or things that you've learned. I'm just curious what some of those things are, you know, in the past year and year, year and a half or whatever it's been. Yeah, no, I think uh, <clears throat> it's definitely different than being an assistant coach. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you have all these ideas, but um, you know, the biggest thing for me is just, uh you know, being able to, you know, put your stamp on culture, right? And yeah. and I think that's the one thing that I really focus on, and and that's all encompassing, right? That that has an effect on every portion of your program, right? Um, but really, really having strong culture and making sure that um, your 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 team, right, your organization is, uh, you know, liked and, and and viewed favorably by you know, the country within your sport, but also within your athletic department, right. And, and, and meshing with, 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 with ADs. We just got, a, got ourselves a new AD here at Cornell. Um, she'll be, uh, our first day will be January 17th, uh, Dr. Nikki Moore. So that's an exciting time. We've had Andy Noel for, uh, almost 30 years and he's, you know, s- such a great ambassador for our program and for Cornell university. So, um, I think for me, the, the, one, one of the big things that I saw is as an assistant coach, right. You're so, uh, one track minded in, in, I guess, w- with your program and your sport. Right. And not to say you're not that as a head coach, but um, you know, there's a lot of uh, I guess uh, crossing of, of, of sports and universities and things like that. So I think uh, maybe more of a, a diplomat, <laughs> right. You, you, you feel a little bit more like that per se, sure. um, as opposed to uh, just a, a wrestling coach out there performing the X's and O's. Right. So that's really I guess what I learned and what I experienced my first year, right. Just, um, you know, really understanding the administrative role a little more and not, not the things that I did administratively as an assistant coach, but, um, you know, working with, uh, you know, vice presidents and, 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 you know, your AD a ton and, um, looking at, you know, admission spots and things like that. So, uh, I think that's kind of, uh, what I learned probably most in, in my, uh, first year and a half. So. Sure. Uh, I, I guess to this season and, and training and training schedule and all of that. I mean, the, you know, CKLVs, it's a two day weigh in. It's usually teams only go to one, maybe two of these in season before where you get to conference or, or nationals. So how do you treat this as far as training, peaking, training through it, training for it, preparing for it, acting like it's, you know, 
some some teams will say kind of act like this is a mini NCA. Some maybe others it's just like, hey, it's just let's just get out there and wrestle matches. Um, when, yeah, when, what no, your I mean, is. we we don't necessarily peak for it um, in the sense that we have uh, you know we have what 10, 10, 12 days in between our duels. So we always wrestle our first duel of the year, uh, the nineteenth or twentieth, that that third Saturday in November, right? Yeah. And then um, you know we wrestled in the Matt Town Open, so. Our, our non-starters wrestled there. Um, so our guys were in town for Thanksgiving and then you, we usually leave on that Wednesday. Right. So uh, we do have some time to, um, you know, I guess make adjustments from our first duel. And I think we did a good job of that uh, with our team personally, making great technical adjustments. Um, <clears throat> but as I guess with, with the, the thought of peaking, um, there's not enough, I, I guess, time to peak in between that. Right. So we're just on our continual upward trajectory right now. Uh, we're we're just continuing to rise um, with our training, with our with our volume, with our intensity, right? And then um, once we get to where we're we're pretty much towards the top there, then we start to adjust and, and ultimately come to our peak for for NCAA's. But right now we're still we're still climbing the mountain. We're nowhere near where our volume needs to be or is going to be. Um, so <clears throat> I'm sure some teams do, um, you know, do peak for this event. We personally don't. Um, you know, we we had uh, unfortunately we we had three three of our um you know non-starters in but they fought like heck and, and made us proud and then you know that's kind of i you know not to sound like sour grapes right because <laughs> but we, we treat it as a kind of like an individual tournament in the sense that you know we get to see how each person is going to do right even if we brought you know even if we brought nine backups and one starter right every every weight class is a different tournament right so we get to see how every one of our guys is going to do right and and up against great competition like you said a two-day weigh-in all these things so we view it on an, on an individual basis this tournament sure and you said you know unfortunately you had three backups in and i think maybe you guys had another injury too and you're not the only team right now there's other teams that yeah, no, left sure. guys at home yeah. and, and and had injuries at the tournament you know sure. I, College wrestling is so demanding, and and you you have to train so hard and and be ready. Yet, I guess yeah. trying to find that talk about trying to find that balance, right? Because it's it, you hear about it every year teams deal with injuries and guys aren't aren't there, and yeah, yeah, and it's happened to multiple no, teams. This year. You know, finding the balance is challenging because you want to make sure that you're you know physically fit enough to be able to wrestle right a hard you know seven, eight, nine, 10 minutes, right? Whatever it is, right? You want to be able to um, pull from your body when you need to. But you also, especially now, right, compared to even when I was wrestling, when you were wrestling, it was just like, you know, go go hit your head against the wall and keep going, <laughs> yeah. right? But now there's much more uh, <clears throat> sports science, right? Heart rate variability, um, you know, all, all these different types of, uh, we'll say, training systems that that can help you immensely, right? So I think that, a lot of programs along with us are, are using those things where, you know, you're <clears throat> analyzing your, your team as a whole, seeing when they're uh, looking good to train hard, when they're not, not having the same, same set schedule that you do, um, you know, day in, day out every year. Um, right. So just being uh, malleable and, and being able to, um, you know, just adjust your training and, and be more flexible. I think that's the one thing that we, that's the approach that we take, I guess. Right. Yep. Um, but no, it's a tough, it's a tough challenge. And I mean, some guys might be able to go hard some days and some guys might not be able to, right? So I think that when you're trying to develop a team, you need to hold everybody the same standards, but also uh, while also having um, 
you know, flexibility and maybe the timing of the workouts or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you, you uphold the standard, but it's just implemented differently, if that yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking that about this, like, you know, developing a team versus developing individuals, right? That's like, you're trying to do both, <clears throat> but they're not necessarily yeah, the same. Really though, right? Yeah. You, you would think it's the same, but it's not right. Because, but if you develop your individuals then your team's going to follow, but you don't want to, you know, create rifts where there's certain guys that feel like they're above, you know, uh, others or whatnot. Right. So I think that if you have good guys that are humble, that, you know, are team players that want to succeed and they just understand that, you know, certain people are, you know, better off being trained a certain way rather than other guys and everybody, uh, you know, appreciated, appreciates everybody's effort, then, then you can have great team chemistry and, and, uh, you could have some different training, um, but accomplish the goal uh, as a whole. Yeah. And that, that's kind of our approach. I feel like you're seeing that more and more as time goes on. Yeah, no, you are. And that's something that we've done for a long time. Right. Um, yeah. You know, Rob, Rob, you know, kudos to him thought outside the box, you know, continues to think outside the box very well. Um, so <clears throat> that's something that we've done that I've implemented as an assistant coach and, and we continue to do as a, uh, um, you know, as, as, as a head coach, I say, right. Because there's, a lot of different ways to train. Um, and for us, it's always been somewhat individualized on the sense of we're going to get you what you need. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to work as a team to achieve, achieve the goals we want to achieve. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, all right. I guess t- to Vegas, um, I got a couple specific things I want to talk about, but just, I guess I just want to take, get your overall thoughts on the tournament and, and how you guys performed. Yeah, no, I thought, um, like I said before, our technical, uh, changes and I guess, um, you know, adjustments from, from Wisconsin were good. I, I, I like what I saw. I think the positions that we focused on um, making changes in, we, we did a really good job, really good job of that. Um, I thought Julian Ramirez wrestled as soundly as he ever has, right? In all three positions, he didn't, didn't rush things. He, he just was, uh, was a surgeon out there, right? Was meticulous with, with, with his positioning and uh, showed great patience, I think, with, which is what I really like to see. Um so I was really impressed with him. Folka is is really turning the corner, man, it, it, and it's great to see. He is wrestling through all positions, and and when you see him, when you look at his high school matches and and, and his early college matches, when he was just you know out there just letting it fly and wrestling through all positions and standing on his head because he's grambing through and so many grambies and this you know you know uh, we'll say controlled chaos, right? Uh-huh. I love it. I love it, and, and we're getting back to that. So that that's, that's really good to see. Um, Vito, this was big for him because it was his first competition back from uh, U23s, right? A, a tough mm-hmm. competition where he where he failed. He didn't he didn't wrestle his best, right? So it was important for him to see, uh, you know, see that he can continue to do it. Obviously, and for Vito, it's never um, it's never a wonder about how he's going to do on his feet, right? I think he, I think he's the best guy in the world on his feet. But I was so super impressed with his third period ride out against uh, McGee. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that he can turn those rides into in, into turns. Right. So that that was something that was uh, encouraging to see out of Vito. Um, I thought Unger's turning the corner, which is great. Every time out there, he gets more and more confident. Right. He beat number 10 Heinzelman and then lost to him in, in double overtime, I think. So he, he could have beat him twice on the on, on the weekend. Right. Um, and then he ends up taking seven. So. I thought that was, and then he wrestles Rick, Richie Figs, right? Two more seconds on the clock in, in overtime there, or sorry, in, in the third period, he wins the match because he gets two backs. 
I didn't right? see and, that. Describe and, that. Describe that period, because I, I didn't really catch that. Oh, uh, he was he was down by uh, an escape in Ryan time. So he was, he was down one zero with Ryan time locked, and uh, he went double overs and, and hip tossed him over. Uh, and uh, Richie hit, hit his back, and it was on the stage. So you heard the thump, and then it yeah. went from uh, one second to zero. So he he got he got it right in there. But if he did it two seconds earlier, he probably could have got two swipes and, and you know maybe may, maybe won the match outright yeah. right there. So. Sure. Uh, so cool to see, right? A guy that, um, you know, took two losses at Binghamton, the Binghamton Open, and, um, you know, didn't get down on himself. He's a freshman, continued to build. Russell Barnett, super tough. Uh, lost a close one-point match to Barnett in the duel, right? He was a two-time All-American, right? That, that That's a tough out for a freshman. Yeah. And he comes out here and, and wrestles Heisman first round, who's, once again, a top-10 kid who's really tough. And, and Brett takes him out and then, uh, you know, wrestles – you know, Figueroa, really tough, who wins the tournament. So impressed with him. Every time out there, he continues to build more confidence. And, I mean, as you know, confidence is the name of the game for freshmen, right? As they continue to build, as they continue to get more confident, um, you know, they can do some really special things. So good good, good to see him. And then, um, like I said, I think Cornella, um, I, I, I think that he just needs to make some technical adjustments. I think that his effort's there. I think the skill is there. Um, you know, he's – he's one mat return away from being in the semifinals, right? He, he was rear standing or we'll say on the side with, with Carlson had, had a wizard on him. Right. And, and if he, if he finishes that takedown, he wins the match. And ultimately Carlson did a really good job and, and scored, scored the takedown and, and he ended up winning. It was like, there's 15 seconds left in the third period. It was one, one uh, in, in that bout in the quarterfinals. Right. So I guess my point is, is that he, he's right there as well. He's in the same boat as Unger. He needs to continue to build confidence. Um, and we're just looking for that that freshman snowball effect, right? Where you you, you win a good match and you, and you start to feel confident, and, you, and then you grow. And then once that snowball starts heading downhill, you know you, it's only going to get bigger, and the confidence is only going to grow. And and that's when you see freshmen do special things in the NCAA tournament, I think. Yeah. So, and then uh, the guys that were were uh, injured, um, you know, like Low tweaked, tweaked his shoulder a little bit. He's he's week to week. Um, so you know, once again. Uh, early in the season, not going to push a guy through, uh, especially when he gets hurt in the first match. You know, it, it's it's not smart. You know, there's uh, self. You know, we we got to make sure we take care of ourselves, right? So, hundred um, percent. So so it was smart to I think kind of pull him and just let him recover, and then uh, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of where we're at as a team. I thought we wrestled, thought we made good adjustments, but like I said, we're still climbing, right? And and, and we expect to uh, not be where we're going to be. Anytime soon, to be honest with you, we're we're gonna be where we want to be when we got to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the right way to do it. Um, Julian Ramirez, yeah, he looked he looked fantastic. I think he did. You say controlled chaos. Um, you know, what were your yeah. expectations for him coming into school? And and you know, did he struggle as as most young guys do? Um, no, I mean he did. He was around twelve last year, right? So and I think he wrestled well in Vegas. Julian's Julian's uh, he's a star, man. He, when when the lights are on, he comes to, he comes to show, <laughs> shows up and and he comes to wrestle, right? And I, I love to see it. I love to see it. Um, no, he he's always been super talented. I just think that um, you know his ability to stay focused and follow follow a game plan, right? And to stay stay true to the game plan when when things kind of get tough. It, it's it's a uh, it's a tough skill, right? It's a tough skill for everybody. And I think that he did it this weekend very well, right? He went out there and got his scores, um, did a really good job on top, 
didn't pull guys on top of him. I, I, I just really liked the way that he was calm and cool and collected. And, and uh, you know, he, he wrestled uh, very sound in all three positions. And at times he makes mental errors. So it was really cool to see. Okay, cool. Um, and I think I think we have that match. Ty, I mean, Nico, are we going to be able to, to watch that match? I'm not sure if he's got that um, queued up. We'll, we'll turn the audio down on it if you got that. Here we go. So I just want to kind of uh, watch his finals and you, you kind of talk us through it or tell us what you're thinking. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, let it roll. And this is uh, yeah, it's just Tanner Cook, right, from SDSU. Yeah, so Tanner, um, he was – part of our gray share program there. And then, uh, oh, you know, really? he, he went, to, yeah. So, so there's some familiarity there in the sense of, uh, you know, they, they, they hadn't wrestled each other. Julian's younger, but there's some familiarity with, with, with Cornell, we'll say. All right. And, uh, yeah. I think he had a couple, a couple, uh, bonus points earlier in the match earlier. In the- yeah. Wow. Yeah. And this is just, you know, going to be fireworks. Julian's really explosive and was able to get his hips to the side there. So he didn't get kicked through. Obviously, Tanner's got a great high flyer, so you got to be well aware of it. Um, so he did a good job of getting perpendicular and not getting kicked through. And that's he just yeah. got him up near twice, like no problem. Way up yeah, there. I mean, Julian's really explosive. You know what I mean? He's really explosive. He's he's great in in freestyle as well because of it, right? Uh-huh. Um, this is one of his best positions. He's good on top with the crab. He kind of reminds me of Troy Letters a little bit in there. He just sure. feels really comfortable uh, in in the crab position. So it's. It's not for everybody, but if you can get comfortable there, then um, you know m- more power to you. <laughs> yeah. But now, I mean, he's not—he's not rushing things right now. He's just staying patient. He doesn't need to—he's not jumping in there. He's just holding position. Um, <clears throat> that's what I want to see. Right? That's that's calmness, which is which is important for Julian. Okay. You know, you, you know, you have a big lead. Let him come to you a bit. Um, you know, hold good position, but know that he has to come to you. So your reattacks are going to be ready. Ready. Um, you know, but if you see something, go out there and take it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten one, yeah. like and just like that. Ten one. Yeah, no, no, for sure, right? It's a good little elbow pass. He's just just poking at him. This is fun. They get they go up top here, right? He probably should have cleared out a little earlier because Tanner knows how to throw. But once again, so does Julian. So it's uh, this is a fun fifty fifty here. Oh, 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 nice. He got tossed, but he was able to pull his elbow out and, <laughs> you know, yeah. scoot on through. Did he hurt his elbow, or what happened there? Uh, I don't know. I think head? it was just a hard, hard landing um, for for uh, Cook. I don't. I'm not sure. Sure. Uh, we could probably scrub forward here a little bit, Nico. He's yeah. been down for a minute. Oh, yeah. I think he might have hit his head. Yeah, he's able to get that arm out. But it was a, it was a good, definitely a good toss by Cook. Yeah, they they went flying, we man. The, yeah, and we saw those a couple of years ago, many times in 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 our room, honestly. So. so he was, yeah, he knew it was coming. Got that arm arm cleared. Yeah, for sure. So then, us. obviously, it was injury time. So Ramirez goes down. You know, pretty tough on on bottom there. He's got good flexibility, hustles to his feet. At this point. Was it eleven one or or I think it should be yep, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just kinda knowing that Tanner has to come of it, and he's just kinda picking him. There you go, high flyer attempt. Yeah. Might have been his best option at that point, you know, because if he gets Yeah. It, yeah. <clears throat> he's 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 really good at it though. 
you know, I think really? he's really good at it. It's dangerous, right? Very, very dangerous. Yep. All right. So yeah, seventeen one at most dominant uh, finals victory we saw. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a good one. Um. Okay. Vito at one thirty three. You know, this was like the first test as far as like a, a bunch of good guys in a row in one day. I believe. Um. We pretty confident he was gonna do what he did. I mean, he you know he, if a five point match is close, I don't think he had anything but you know a very close match. There was no one one or two point yeah. matches, were there? No, no, no. Um, no, I was confident. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm always confident that Vito can get scores on his feet. Um, yeah. and I guess in that light, he's very fast to his feet on bottom, right? So if you can get off bottom and you can score on your feet, you know, I think top is just a luxury. You want to be great at it, right? You want to be great in all three positions. But if you can just situationally ride, which is what he's been doing, um, you know, as he gets back into folk style, mm-hmm. right? Finish periods. If there's 15 seconds left, if there's 30 seconds left, you can't let the guy out. You got to do what you got to do. Finish periods on top, right? T- take it 2-0 as opposed to 2-1. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a big focal point for Vito, making sure he does his situational riding. And then hustling off bottom and then on your feet, takedowns or takedowns, go get the guy. Yeah. <clears throat> right so i kind of i kind of think that was the the goal that i and and i guess kind of how i saw these going but mcgee he's tough he's really i didn't I mean i had, hadn't seen him a ton he's he's fast he's uh, explosive he's quick he was definitely a you know a, a quality quality opponent for Vito in the finals and i think that um the one thing that Vito did well in that match and it's something that you know obviously he's working on because it, it's not not a surprise Vito's got a really good single leg right um yeah. But he's working on that high C, that head outside to the other side, and I think he scored. He scored. Uh, scored on him. The first takedown was it was a nice little head outside attack. So, um, good, good, good all around for Vito there. <clears throat> and I think he he got better as the tournament went on. Right, mm-hmm. his first match, uh, he, he he wasn't thrilled with. I think the second one he got a pin, and then uh, he wrestled Air Force in the quarters. Um, was a little sloppy on top, and then against. Uh, um, VTech, uh, he wrestled a good one in, in the semis, right? Hard fought, hand fight, and he went feet to back, which is really, really, really neat. And, and, and you know, you, you want to see that. And then in the finals, he wrestled controlled and got two takedowns and escape and a riding point. So I think that um, that's how these matches are going to go with those better guys. You know, if you think about um, with, with with Dayton and, and RBY, you know, those guys are they're all great, right? They're all they're all uh, tacticians. They're very smart. They they understand that that I guess the the system that is folk style wrestling and and you know all, all the the nuances and the ways to work the system you know just just like you would do in freestyle right so I think that um, those three are you know the we'll say the upper echelon of the weight class and I'm, I'm excited to see uh, see them scrap I know one thing I know Vito feels really good I know that um, you know he can go for for a very long time and he and he feels fresh and. He's excited to get out there and scrap. You know him, him, Russell McGee. <clears throat> excuse me, I, I made the my voice a little hoarse from from Vegas. <laughs> uh, I made I made the, the joke. You know, with with our guys watching Vito Russell McGee was like watching Adams. You know, hit each other. They just keep yeah. bouncing off each other because they're they're both so fast. It, it was it was exciting to watch. Right. So I expect a lot of the same um, when when he gets a chance to, you know, I guess. Get get in there with RBY and and Dayton and and really you know any, anybody as the season continues on. Yeah, and, and that was gonna be my next question, right? RBY and Dayton, it's they're clearly like 
that's a notch above yeah. the rest of the field. Is yeah. you know, and and clearly Vito knows that, right? Is that something that you guys talk about or or address or hey, just little notes like when and if the, when we meet these guys, be aware of these things because to <clears> win <throat> you're going to have to go through one or both of them. Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, like for Dayton, it's not really. There's no use to focusing on it right now because the only time you would see him is NCAA's. You know what I mean? Um, but like RBY, definitely gonna, um, you know, not not you know, come up with a game plan per se, but there is a chance that we see him in New Orleans, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> um, so so that that's a matchup that could happen on, on the horizon. So um, and Vito's excited, and I'm, and I'm sure that uh, you know if it happens, I know RBY will be excited, right? Yeah. The, the the best guys like to wrestle each other, right? And, th- and those guys are actually you know. They're, they're they're friendly like they, they've been around each other they've been on world teams together right so just an opportunity for <clears throat> two guys that are really 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 good to test each other's skills against each other right so um yeah so we'll, we'll see if that happens in a few weeks but i know uh you know he, he's excited if it does and if not then um you know it comes comes later down 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 uh, the road so sure as a wrestling fan I, you know i hope it happens <laughs> But, yeah, uh, no, for sure. Yeah, we all want to see that. Um, okay, you know Yanni, right? He's wrestling in the World Cup. I think it's this. I think it's this this weekend, right? Um, this Saturday, they're going to leave on Wednesday. Yeah, for uh, city. So, um, and he wrestled, you know, obviously in the World Championships in September. Yeah. You know, did you guys sit down before, or after the world <clears throat> at some point, and say, "Hey, let's look at now through March twentieth or whatever." And figure out yeah. what's the yeah, thing. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, he always had a Gomez schedule in the sense of, uh, you know, he, he's a team player. He's a, he's a team captain, right? Yeah. Um, it's it, it, it's it's like, hey, I know I know that I'm focusing on on fo- on freestyle stuff, but I gotta go out there and and, and you know wrestle for my team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not taking it away from Gomez. He went out there and, and he he did an awesome job, right? He took yeah. a Diani and and you know kudos to him. Um, but I do think that um, Yanni, right? He's focusing on, on on the World Cup. Once that's over, he's going to be all in, one hundred percent, right? He's not going to do um, kind of what Kyle Snyder did a couple of years ago, where it's in and out. He's he's going all folk style, right? So it'll be all folk style from uh, December twelfth until March. Uh, what you know, was it nineteenth or or not? Whatever, whatever the last day of NCAA is, it'll be all folk style from that point on, and. Uh, when when you get when you get a focused Gianni, it's a tough out. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk the Gomez match, right? Because yeah. I mean, he only lost once. It was to it was to Jaden Ironman three or four years ago or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Like you know, what, was did everything seem fine? Was anything off a little bit? Hard weight cut? Uh, you just oh no. I just think he needed to get that uh, takedown in the first period. Yeah, because <clears throat> if he gets a takedown in the first period, then it changes the match, you know. And he, and he was in on the leg and didn't finish. So I mean, uh, that's that's on you, Jan. You got you got to finish. Doesn't matter what style it is. If you're on a leg, you got to get a takedown. Sure. Right. If he, if he gets that score in the first period, then it changes the uh, right <clears throat> the way the, the way the match works. Is he doesn't have to go get another one. He can look for reattacks maybe or or, or whatnot. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it was that one position. Right. Gomez is good. Um, you know, in that body lock, we'll say. Yeah. And sure. Um, very good. He's very yeah. Good. He's good there as well. And, and, you know, he just didn't win the position. So, um, but no, I think, like I said, I think Gomez wrestled really well. 
sorry. And um, I wouldn't say Yanni overlooked him, but you know, it, it's when, when you're looking and, and you have the world cup circled and you, you wrestle in a big tournament beforehand, right? You wrestle in, in the world championships and you place, right? Um, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's hard to get up for it, but Gomez had that circled for a long time and he's talked about it. Right. And, and, and you, you can appreciate that. Right. You, you can really appreciate that. So, um, you know, you, you take from it, you learn from it and, and uh, you, you press on. Right. I know that right afterwards, Yanni, um, you know, knew, knew, knew they need to make some changes and, and, and he did. And, and, um, you know, getting ready for, 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 for freestyle here for, for, for freestyle this weekend. And then, like I said, hopping in, hopping in folk style. So, yeah. Um, you know, from your, I feel like I've seen this, but from your perspective, how, do, how does Yanni handle the loss? And is it any different in freestyle versus folk style college versus no, senior? He, I mean, whenever he loses, he, he jumps levels to be honest with you. Ever yeah. since I started working with Yanni, he was 15 years old when he lost to uh Dayton fix and flow nationals. One of the first ones there, yeah, shout out. <clears throat> you know, every time I've seen him, right. Yeah. He lost to him. He lost to, um, right before he got to Cornell, he lost to, uh, Deegan, right. He lost to Deegan at, at the U 20, uh, finals there in, in Vegas. And he made a big jump, right. He lost to Ironman, made a big jump. Um, and that's the thing like folk style is kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the state tournament when you're in high school, you know what I mean? Like, or, or, or the state or, or folk style wrestling in high school, right. Like within your state. Yeah. So like Yanni had one loss his whole college career, you know what I mean? And like the folk style fans talk about that, but he's lost in folks and freestyle all the time, not all the time, but yeah, yeah. Like he lost the world championships. Right. So, and, and I equate that to, you know, high school rather, because you can win, you can be undefeated in, in high school wrestling and everybody think, you know, they go, like, oh, wow. But, <laughs> Meanwhile, you don't win Fargo, right? Or, or you know, you, you lose at, at U17s or whatever it is, right? So my point is, is that <clears throat> he's dealt with losses, right? So it's not the end of the world. Yes, it's his second loss in, in, in folk style, but he lost this summer. He, he, he's, you know, he's taken losses, um, you know, in, in, in freestyle. So the the reaction, what doesn't matter what style it is, right? The reaction yeah. from the loss and, and the, you know, the attention to detail and, and the growth from the loss is what propels you. And, and it's going to be the same thing, whether, uh, you know, it, it'd be folk style or freestyle this time. Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, after, he's going to wrestle in the world cup this weekend and then, yep. and then no more freestyle, right? Is he going to wrestle immediately? <laughs> you guys go down to new Orleans. Is he, is he going to be, yeah, competing be there? there? Do you know? Yeah. Yep. So I'll be there. Um, and, I, I don't know how many matches will wrestle, but he's definitely going to be there. And, and, um, you know, if he feels good, he'll go. And if he, if he, if he's still working into it, I mean, he might get one match or so, but he'll be, he'll, he'll be at the tournament. Sure. Um, and then I guess we, we kind of touched on this at the, at the beginning of the show. It, are you just, you're just peaking once basically at the end of the year? Kind of, is that the way you have your, your grand vision laid out? Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, so the, the funny thing about peaking is um, a lot of it has to do with, with we'll say uninterrupted training um and we'll say a lack of uh competition yeah right on horizon so i think like we had like almost two weeks before vegas and we wrestled pretty well and we did the same thing last year and i think we're going to wrestle well at uh new orleans because once again we have two and a half weeks to 
you know, to get ready for it. Right. I think it gets tough when it's week in, week out. You got to make weight. You, you don't get many days to train, right? You don't get many days to recover, right? That That's kind of where it gets tough, the peaking. But when you have, you know, events that are separated and spread out, it allows you to have good recovery um, and have good training. So essentially your athletes are arrested when they come into the event. Yeah. You got your training and then you were able to, you know, <clears throat> have them rested. And mind you, rested is just not training, you know, incredibly hard for, you know, how, however many days before or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Different people have different de- definitions of, of, of a rested athlete. So, but I think that's the big thing that, that I look, that I think about. I mean, why does everybody take a week off before the conference tournament? Yeah. Right. And why is there a week built in between the conference and the NCAAs? You know what I mean? It, it, it all makes sense. Right. So it's the idea of, uh, and, and there's some injury stuff, right. You wouldn't want to wrestle, because you get hurt and the conference term is right there. So, so there's all those things as well. But I think ultimately rest leads to recovery, right? So the ability to have some time where you can plan out your training strategically and, and you know, and have high volume this day and low volume this day, off the mat this day, and, and you know, build your, your training structure over a two-week span as opposed to getting in and cranking out two days and knowing that you got to – pull off the pedal so you feel good this weekend, right? Um, and then sometimes if, if if you're a heavy favorite, maybe you just train right on through, right? Mm-hmm. So there's all these little things to think about. Um, so so I guess the question, the the answer to the question is, is uh, are we peaking? No, but we're strategically not training through it, if that makes yeah. sense. Okay, absolutely. Uh, to your point, like, do you think we compete too much? Are there too many competition dates? Or do you uh, like yeah, it? for sure. There's too much. Hundred percent, and it, and it starts way too early. Like you couldn't pay me to wrestle in October, couldn't do it. <laughs> no, never, never gonna happen. But people are are you know getting out there first weekend, last weekend in October. I think it's insane. Um, you know, and people are gonna disagree with me, and, and this might be a soundbite, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah. no, I, I just think that if you're looking for super high level uh, performances, I, I think it's a bit much, and I think that um, ultimately. The weigh-ins is, is is a tough part for some for some guys. Um, some guys do a good job and get, and get themselves down, but um, as a whole, I think it's tough when you got to make weight twice every weekend, especially when you get into dog days of January and February, right? Yeah. So, um, but for me personally, I think that uh, like our first competition is uh, Binghamton, right? Whether it's attached or unattached, it's it's the second weekend in in November, right? And I think. I think that's a good starting point. Adding two more weeks to it is, uh, I think it's a bit much because you're, you know, you're doing some stuff before that, right? You're probably yeah. doing a simulation the week before. So you don't feel bad when you're down the weight. So that means the middle of October, you're starting to make weight and then you're done by, you know, the third weekend of March. That's uh that's a, that's a grueling, uh, undertaking for sure. What would you, would you like to see like less dates on the calendar or just starting later? Uh, so, I mean, some, but some people like to talk about like the one semester and, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not against that. You know what I mean? Um, but I just think starting a little later, you know, even if you shorten the season by two weeks, right. Maybe you start in December. Yeah. Right. Um, but I know a lot of people, um, are, you know, against it because they was, we're, we're, we're all about, you know, at least 
Well, no, I think we all are. We're all about academic success as well, too, right? Everybody wants to see their student athletes succeed academically, right? And right. and that's kind of why we we had these rule changes with no unattached freshman first semester because it's an academic rule is what it is. You know what I mean? Because sure. going to an open tournament on a Sunday, you know, getting back at midnight on Sunday, you're, you're not going to be in a class on Monday and, and like things like that, right? It m- makes it challenging for you. So I think ultimately – you know, if, if we go to one semester, which which people are pushing for, you would, you know, be able to focus first semester and, um, you know, not miss class and, and, you know, not have competitions around exams and things like that. I think that's the the, the folks that want to go to one semester are, are really focusing on those points and pushing those points. Um, I personally just would like to start a little later. I don't I, I like I, I like to tournament down in New Orleans or in Florida, you know what I mean? I think that, I think that's fun to have an event right before Christmas. Um, you know, and I think that like, we're not doing a Christmas tournament this year. We're not going to Vegas. I mean, sorry, we're not going to Midlands or uh scuffle. We're wrestling the, the, the flow duel down um, against Arizona state on January 4th. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're going to be able to enjoy our holiday. And I think that our guys are going to enjoy themselves. Right. We'll, they'll, they'll go home after new Orleans and we'll have them back on the 28th so we can have a, a full week of training, <clears throat> full week of training, and then head into the duel with Arizona, right? So I guess my point is our guys can get the holiday. They can get family time. Um, we can do it all. Um, if, if it stays two semesters, we can still do it all, but you can start a little later. So all right. That's my my rant for the day. <laughs> no, I like it. I, I, and I guess the one issue with, with the – I like the idea of the one semester starting in, in second semester. The cool I, thing about the one semester, which, which, which I am a proponent of, is the fact that, you know, we – well – and <clears throat> well, now we open another, uh, I guess, you know, <clears throat> Pandora's box, so to speak, because if you move it to one semester and you have, and you have uh, NCAAs in, in, in April, then it kills your guys in freestyle. Yeah. Right? That's, and that was... for certain programs, you know what I mean? Um, you know, if freestyle is not, we'll say, uh, not, not a priority, because I think it is a priority. People understand it, it helps, right? But if you don't have the, the guys that are making teams, right? Sure, you don't really care. Let's do it. And let's 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 move it, right? Yeah. That's why I personally think we start a little later. Um, you know, maybe there's a, a, two less competitions, and I mean, you're still everybody's lowering their match count anyway, right? I mean, when I wrestled, I wrestled 50 matches my freshman year. I was like, you know, I, I wrestled. <laughs> That's crazy. I wrestled 50 yeah, wrestled 50 matches my freshman year. I wrestled everything on uh, on the schedule, and I was on the backside too much, right? So. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Lots of matches. I ended up wrestling with 50 matches, right? So, I mean, what's the average now for a national champ? Maybe, maybe 28, 30? Yeah, that's on the high end probably. Well, the COVID years was weird and then. Yeah, I know, but like. Yeah. I uh, yeah, say maybe 25 30. 30. Yeah. Right? 25 to 30 is probably the average for, for we'll say the All-Americans, right? Um, so, with that, <clears throat> I think that if we just start a couple weeks later and we keep it the way it is because I do want to give our guys – you know, that five week gap before the open, you know, four yeah. or five week gap before the open and, and let them get ready for, for the open. Because the open, I'm thrilled that, you know, it punches you a ticket to, to final X again. Right. Um, yeah. It, it makes it really important and, and it makes it, makes it count. So um, yeah. So have, having the ability to train for that is also important. Um, you know, especially for the universities that have, have student athletes that are, you know, aspiring to be, world Olympic medalists and also national champions. Right. And then we, we have a lot of those guys on, on our squad. And, and I think that 
um, keeping it two semesters, but also moving up the start date could, could help that. All right. I'll, I got some notes here. I'm going to send them in to the committee. Yeah. Yeah. My people. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, you, um, you know some people? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I probably know somebody who knows somebody, but so do you. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, that's kind of, kind of take us down to the end of the line and, and it covers most things. I think I was wanting to talk about, you know, um, but, you know, I want, I want to give you the final word before we leave to say anything you want to say about anything. Yeah, no. So um, just want to, I guess, give ourselves a little plug. Yeah. And, and uh, we we're finishing up tomorrow. We had 22 Ukrainians. So the Ukrainians that wrestled at NYAC, they yeah. were in Ithaca for two and a half weeks. So uh, it was a great experience. Our uh, One of our deans, who's uh, his, his area of study is global development, um, and he's actually a wrestling fan. He was able to help us, uh, you know, <clears throat> get get these guys up up to the Cornell and and help us to uh, you know, have them here and train for for two and a half weeks. So um, it was a great experience for for our team. It was a great experience for the Ukrainians. Um, you know, we we, we hope to <clears throat> welcome them welcome them back in the future. And I know that um, a few of them are actually going to go wrestle in that um, tight Mercury card. Uh, on, oh, cool. on, I think January 17th or sorry, uh, uh, December 17th, December, mm-hmm. something around there. So a few of them are going to go to um, uh, California and then the rest of them are going to go, go back to Poland. That's kind of where their home base is, where they've been training. So, um, but no, it's been cool. It's been cool to have them. And, and uh, it's, ex- it, it's, it's fun to see, you know, the different styles. And I understand that, you know, it's like, Oh, why would you have freestyle guys in during folk style season? Because, the wrestling is wrestling. And also it's a great opportunity to educate our guys and, and, you know, help them, you know, be grateful for the experience that they have. Right. And, and also, uh, you know, see, see what it's like for others. So. Did you, um, did they talk much about, I don't know what's going on, where, the, where they're from, what's it's like going on right now, their family, if they're okay, or did it, yeah, I mean a little bit. Um, it's definitely a sore subject, especially with uh, I think right now there's like you know thousands, I think like ten, ten, twenty, thirty thousand people without power, and and you know when they got here, there were some recent bombings that started again. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, definitely a, a sensitive subject with them, but a lot of them are from Kiev and and, and you know we'll say the, the bigger bigger cities um, and just just good. good Good, good people. You know the coaches are are, are great individuals. Um, actually, the, the one uh, uh, Vasile is the one that wrestled Kudakov, and and I was busting his chops about it. The one that got hit with the cutback okay. in oh, Russia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kudakov went crazy. Twenty ten. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So he so he's a world silver, and then he also took uh, silver in 08 in the Olympics. So he he's kind of been my main man that I've been working with. He's 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 a great guy. Um, but I did bust his chops about. Get getting winning uh, the ball grab right. Had the third the period wins the ball grab. It starts on the leg. He's like, I'm going to be world champ. And then Kudakov kicks out, and then and then he actually almost gets a takedown, and then he gets hit with that that kickback uh, yeah. to lose in Russia. You know, see, the scene is set. Kudakov goes crazy, and uh, awesome. he, you know, if it was basketball, he's put on a poster, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, that what that's such a memorable thing, and and how did he take? He just took it like anybody, you know, busting his chops. Yeah, no, he's just like, oh, what can you do? <laughs> so close. No, he's he's a good guy. Um, and and like I said, we we've been lucky to have 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 those guys. I think that um, obviously, 
from the wrestling point of view, it's really, really important, but probably uh, just in general for, for our guys, you know, top to bottom, doesn't matter how good you are wrestling, just helping you become a better human being. Right. And, and yeah. seeing what the, the struggles that other folks have and, and how appreciative and, and um, you know, your, your, your worst day is a great day. Yeah. Perspective, man. Yeah. That's great. Um, well, cool. Really cool to hear about, you know, training with those guys and spending time with those guys. And uh, it sounds like an awesome experience. And sure. uh, just want to say thanks again for coming on. It's, a, it's always a pleasure talking with you, Mike. Hey, fun, Vader. Appreciate it, buddy. And uh, I'll see you down the road for sure. Yeah, I'll, see you, I'll see you in January. Absolutely. Thanks. Take care. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Mike Gray, uh, head coach at Cornell. And that's going to do it for today's show. So thanks. For, thank, what? Yep. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you next time.